Twin Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast featuring Justin Sheeler, Joel Benson, and Paul St. Andrew. Paul and Justin are real estate agents with Remax Results, and Joel is a mortgage professional with Cardinal Financial Company. And now, Twin Cities on the Move. All right, this is Twin Cities on the Move, episode number 25. We have another field trip today, everybody. Uh, We're downtown St. Paul, where the sun always shines, even in the middle of these rainy days. Stack Deck Brewing is having us out. Thank you so much for having us. It's a Friday afternoon here in podcast world, and Justin Sheeler's about... Oh, three quarters of a beer in already here from Stack Deck. <laughs> Hope you're doing okay, buddy. Free beer, you can't beat it, That's right? right. That's right. And you know, the third wheel, Joel Benson, I'm afraid, he is joining us remotely today. Joel is hanging out at his, the quarantine center up in Andover. <laughs> he had a brush with the COVID and he's not able to be here. So we'll have one on him too. How you doing, Joel? Hey, happy to report I've, I've, I've tested negative twice. I'm just being safe. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We should have formal introductions. By the way, I'm Paul St. Andrew. I'm a realtor with Remax Results. I'm Justin Sheeler with Remax Results as well. I'm Joel Benson, Cardinal Financial, NMLS number 1064642. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. And also, have to say thank you to our sponsors. You know, we are the podcast that insurance built. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Tina Winchandy from Country Financial has been so nice. She's been about a year and a half. Fantastic. Or yeah, so. she's awesome. And wonderful insurance agent. If you need any life, home, auto, health insurance, she's an excellent yeah. resource for you. As well as myinsurancewarehouse.com. They're a little newer to our podcast, but still just wonderful service from them. Thank you both. Tina Chandy and MyInsuranceWarehouse.com. And we're off Friday afternoon. Did you sell any houses today, Justin? Almost. Oh, uh, we put in an offer last night, 30 grand cash above list, and no. No. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a broken record at this point. It's been interesting. My elevator speech to all my buyer clients has been, I've been able since the beginning of the year, I've had seven buyers under contract. But out of these seven, buyers i've written 29 offers yeah okay that's just the math of it and the average and i'm not a big fan that's of that's ahead of the average by I the way think, i think the average is closer to five to six i so think it that, might that's be. a little ahead yeah of the so i think i'm a little ahead of yeah. the game but another thing i've tracked is the you know what the what the purchase price was that we got these and it's right around nine and a half to ten percent over list yeah is where i'm at yep. with them so yeah, and it's not easy. It's not unusual to have fifteen, sometimes even twenty percent above list at this point. It, it's it just happens. Crazy. That's for crazy. sure. I know yeah. it. It's it's incredible. I know. So what are so, do you have any tricks up your sleeve you can share with people? Well, yeah, we've there's a couple different things you can do. I know Paul's got a good one that he can tell us about, but I also have been coaching clients to try to do an inspection guarantee. Okay. So that's uh, usually three to five grand. So anything we find in the inspection will cover three to five thousand dollars worth of repairs. Oh, yeah. oh that's a new one. And I so heard it still that. allows us to do the inspection, but it shows the sellers that we're not going to try to nickel and dime them later. We're not going to turn it into a bother them price about, renegotiation yes. tool. Yeah, so bugger them about been, squeaky hinges and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's still hard to compete with someone just doing no inspection at all, but. 
it gets us it gets you a little closer. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I know we talked about this last episode, but I I'm not a fan of the no inspection from both sides of the table. I just think no. it's a bad idea. Um, yeah. The couple of things that have worked well for me, like we mentioned inspections, I still really would prefer to have a home inspection. If I have a client that feels really secure in their financial ability to perform on this, they have a pre-approval letter. Usually, you know, I mean, Joel's been writing all these pre-approval letters. We're going to go close. They're not pre-approved just willy-nilly. What we do is have the earnest money that they put down become non-refundable after the home inspection. Okay. So they get a chance to go through the period and and to negotiate out any repairs that need to be negotiated out. But then once that contingency is lifted, if they don't close, that seller gets to keep the earnest okay. money, you know, but it, you still get the get out of jail free card with the inspection it, itself. Yeah, okay. and that's the other thing. I've done a couple that are pass fail inspections, where again we're not going to beat you up over squeaky yeah. doorknobs and stuff like that. <laughs> the house either goes or it doesn't. Reverse we're not polarity gonna, outlets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All of that silliness, you know. So it's more of a fact finding mission than for the for the buyer. And then lastly, the appraisal. With this fast, high-flying markets, you know, some yeah. of the concern is is that some of these houses won't appraise. If they don't appraise, some of the if a seller has the ability or the buyer has the ability, you know, maybe cover a little bit of that appraisal gap, you yeah. know. And it's the idea where you might bring more to the close, but then your loan with Joel would be a little bit less. Yeah, and that's just you know, so it's it's you're not paying more for the house, yeah, but it's point. just it's more cash out of your pocket and. Not everybody can do that, but if you're in a position to do that right now is, you know, it's time to pull that card out, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's too. a good idea. So, and, anyway. And then price and just coming in as strong as you're comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, you know, and it's it's like this across the board. It seems like it's not just pre-existing homes. It's new construction. New construction. It's all kinds of stuff, which leads me to guest number one today. You know, we are, we're lucky. <laughs> the one and you. only. Well, well, you know, when you come out to the brewery, you got to bring a few friends. <laughs> You know, and I hear, Justin, you've known this guy for a couple days at least, right? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Gabby Loma. From the Tile Shop. From the Tile Shop, CEO, and I wanted to say owner, but I can't quite say <laughs> that. Not, not quite an owner, no, no. <laughs> uh, shareholder, but we uh, yeah, we okay. are a public company now. Not when we were together back no. in uh, the early 2000s, yeah. you know. I started the towel shop 2001 as a warehouse guy, and Justin was I, barely there. I mean, I, I met him a few times. He was an assistant manager, and he yeah. left right away when I started. And he went That's to go right. run a store West in Dallas. West yeah. Dallas, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. So you were okay. a store Milwaukee. manager. And, uh, yeah, one thing led to another. We had probably 15 stores at the time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah that's about right. Yeah, so i just gotten out of the Marines. I needed a, uh, a summer job, I thought. And I go, well, I can warehouse ordnance and ammunition. I think I can warehouse <laughs> tile. And so it started in the warehouse, and soon after that, it was quickly. Uh, I, I saw salesmen making three times what I made, and they didn't lift a dang thing. And I said, how do I do that? Something's you know, wrong yeah, here. Exactly. I want to be a salesman. And uh, they said, yeah, go ahead, Cab. Give it a shot. And I was quickly realized, well, this is easy. You yeah, know, I'm just talking to, to people. They're actually coming to me already. I don't have to do anything. I just sell them tile. And so it, it, it was really a fun time. And uh, soon after that, really got into uh, assistant manager and then store manager and moved around the country, uh, Des Moines, Chicago, came back to the Twin Cities. And uh, got into running the store that I started at in Roseville. So yeah. that was fun, uh, being the manager there. That's then, where I started too. 
Yeah, in Roseville. It's Small just world. Well, that's my tile shop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's funny that I'm on this podcast because really the, the, the real estate industry is something I keep uh, my finger on the pulse on. You know, I have to watch new homes, new house builds. I have to look at remodeling neighborhoods, the existing, you know, how long they've been in the home. Yeah. Because these are all metrics I watch. You know, at first when they said this is a macro environment, I, I thought it was mac and cheese, right? And then I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And then I started learning the corporate lingo. And the macro environment today for us is extremely strong because of the remodel and the okay. pandemic. Really? Yes. Um, it was a... I suppose. I call it pandemic prosperity. Um, we, a year ago, were not doing well. Uh, openly admit, this was a tough two years uh, with SAVO. We had ERP meltdown. We had some computer issues and the tariffs in China and shipping and logistics and resourcing. Very much a struggle. But because you guys got like limestone and granite out of and, we had and a even lot of ceramic tile. Yeah, well, the the tariffs went on ceramic and porcelain, and I had quite a bit of my assortment Ouch. sourced out of China. But then the U.S. put anti-dumping onto China. Now, what that is, is the U.S. has done that before in the mattress industry, meaning uh, certain countries dump their, their product on us at such a low margin, no one domestically can compete. <laughs> so people saw that we had a favorable administration, and I agree with it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it hurt me, but I do agree with what happened. Okay. And yeah. so it forced me to resource all this tile, and we just started getting over the hump, and I was like, we had our best Q1 of 20, 2020, Q1 was our best quarter in years, and... COVID, COVID hit. COVID oh, no. hit. And I was beside myself as a new CEO. Uh, what am I going to do? Toughest year of my career. I had to furlough and lay off, unfortunately, 600 people. Oh, boy. Wow. I had to cut marketing. I had to re reduce trucking to stores. I had to, you know, Bob, you know, the, the founder of the tile shop always taught me, when in doubt, do something. Do something. And, and being in the military, you have to react in crisis. If you sit on your hands... You're good to nobody. Yeah. So it was just, what do we do? What do we do to stay alive? Thank goodness we fell into the um, construction part of the, what, what do they call it when you're essential? Oh, so nice. we were essential, so we were able to stay open to keep the contractors working, to keep food on their tables, yeah, right? Yeah, that's huge. So it was really important for us to keep them going. And ultimately what we did was we lowered hours lowered staff and we were able to stay open scary times though covid you know positive covid's popping all over the uh, yeah the company right but then we started to realize since we flipped the uh, expense structure of the company we started making uh, a lot more money than we ever had really and so we were able to my goal in 2020 was to pay off one third of our debt and that's on a good year yeah we paid off all the debt. Wow. So we walk Holy out of 2020 debt-free with a nice cash reserve to re-accelerate our growth, you know, and, and see what we can do with these investments now to help the company. Because when you're cutting, you're not investing in anything. Not your yeah. people, not your systems. Not, yeah. But now we're in a great position were to Were you able so. to bring That's a lot awesome. of those guys back? We did. We were able to bring a lot of them back. Good. Uh, That's but awesome. I did not go back to the previous staffing model because... What was it doing for us before? It wasn't working before. Oh, you yeah, learned, gotcha. learned quickly. I, I learned a lot. Uh -huh. You know, I learned a lot. And now we find ourselves in a very precarious market. Uh, we have custom home builders that are strapped. They can't make a dime <coughs> selling a house because lumber and plywood yeah. and electrical, you yeah. can't get anything. 
Right. I just went to buy furniture from the new house this guy here sold me, <laughs> and uh, it's three Thanks, months Cap. out. It's three months out. I know. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I just I saw a thing. A sheet of three quarter inch plywood's tripled. Absolutely. Since in a year, yeah. yeah, the cost of its trip—it's over ninety dollars at Home Depot. Well, people over ninety bucks. Don't understand, oh, and our customers yeah. don't understand. This is a global issue. Yeah. So when you when you have a shortage of housing in Minneapolis or St. Paul, it's it's not due to the people not wanting to move or home prices. There's a global issue with building new inventory, because yeah. right now there's a shortage of just ships bringing in. We all saw what happened with Suez Canal. Yeah. Oh, if that yeah. would have happened two years ago, we would not have even heard a thing. Yeah. But since it happened in such a crisis of supply chain across retail, construction, anywhere you, you import products, there's there's such a shortage and backlog. So what does that do? It drives prices up. Yeah. And we hope, and what I've seen and read lately, is in about two months, we're going to get a little bit of a shift. And we're going to get back to the a, a right balance for... Um, logistics for containers for ships nice. to rebalance and start getting everything here that we needed because right now it's supply and demand right yeah there's low supply demand is high prices go up and everyone's kind of stuck yeah. right so it's for me at the tile shop we've always been a, a little bit more of a higher end right we we have um you're not like the big box stores yeah we're not a big box store. nothing against them we don't stock anything as, in our stores yeah. it's more of a service experience in our assortment right yeah, yeah. you come to our stores you're gonna have the biggest assortment you're gonna have the best service beautiful and displays it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It, you know, yeah it's the experience and it's emotional it's fashion it's not just a piece of tile yeah. right and so when people find that out they really get excited and that's why we've always mm -hmm. done well even through tough times you know it's it's funny, I, I just uh, spoke at a leadership conference and you know, going through a tough time like this and how do you lead people through really difficult times and you know, I didn't go to college. I, I'm the typical, you know, I don't yeah. know if there is a typical CEO either, no. that didn't go to yeah. college, but yeah. I didn't. And you know, I said, for me, you know, leadership comes from trust. And the only way you're gonna get trust is with credibility. Right, yeah, so you yeah. have to be credible to your people, just like you and your your clients in real yeah. estate, right? Absolutely, they're mm -hmm. not going to trust you unless you become credible. You have to earn it. You do have to. Yeah, earn it, you have right? to earn it. So, you know, that's. I, I remember when the pandemic started, I had to open communication. I had a video every three days to the fields. We have 143 stores now. We have five distribution <laughs> wow. centers. We're in 32 states, right? Yeah. And I had to let everyone know who's going through very scary times. They're on the front lines. They're dealing with customers. I'm getting hate mail for being open, but I'm just trying to save jobs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so uh, it was a balancing act, but to, to be yourself, be honest, as bad as the news may be, you're being honest. You gain that trust. You gain that, that loyalty. Yeah. Right? And that's what's happened with the tile shop. Our, our regional managers, our department heads, they all have that same mantra of good, bad, or ugly. I'm going to tell you the truth, but together we're going to get through it. That's refreshing, though. That, yeah. that really is. Yeah. It's It's... It's been a crazy, I mean, who, where is it? Give me the playbook for a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah exactly. that's, that's, what's, what's chapter still two? Doesn't exist. What is it this yeah. week? I don't know. Still doesn't I, had, I had text today of positive COVID, you know, in certain stores yeah. or at the corporate office. And it, it just doesn't go away. And people no, right yeah. now think, oh, people, it's okay. Vaccines. We got it's vaccines. Okay. It's like, <laughs> we're not there yet. We're not. No. I've been, I put the whole corporate office at remote work. So they're all remote. Uh, for the last year, and they've executed 
phenomenal. They've been fantastic, and it made me nervous. I don't see you. Yeah. yeah. Are you working? But they've my my fear now is working too much. They don't know when to put down the computer, right? Yeah. And so that's something I'm looking at. What mental health, and you know, how do the employees react when they're isolated? And you know, we're Keeping humans. Keeping a balance. We, you know, most people want to be by people. You know. And, yeah. And so that's been interesting and in how I'm developing the return to work policy with HR and some of the facilities and what does that look like? And I can tell you right now, it'll never, ever go back to what it was. No, it'll be so different, So even right? commercial real estate, I, I, that's going to be difficult. It was a couple years ago, I was uh, in the marketing department before I moved up to another role and I had the opportunity to uh, do a project with the local Ronald McDonald House. That's and awesome. it's it's now our premier partner. It's through the tile really? shop is, is sponsored and partnered with uh, great crew over there. But anyway, I got to spend some time at the Ronald McDonald House on Oak Street down here by the U. And what we did is we remodeled uh, a couple rooms for some families. And I had never been to a Ronald McDonald House. Okay. And I was just tasked to, I was a guy on cameras on yeah. uh, TLC. Oh, okay. It was called Designing Spaces. Sweet. And so every time I went on camera, I took a guy's tool belt and, you know, I put it on <laughs> and I pretended I was that guy. And, and these guys just were just staring at me like needles, right? And so they'd say cut and blah, blah, blah. So, but there's a lot of time between takes. And I got to hang out with these kids. Yeah. And these these. These kids who are suffering from a myriad of different issues, medical issues. And I would hang out with Trevor and you know, all these other kids and they wanted to show me their classroom and show me their playground and show me all these things. And I love kids. And so yeah. it, I started you know, make, looking forward to going there the next day and the next day. And I, every time I left after a day's of shoot there, I'd go home and I'd think to myself, I don't have a problem. I don't have any problems. Yeah, yeah. And I think anyone who listens to this, if you if you think you're, you're being challenged or you have a lot of things going against you, spend a day volunteering at the Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. You know, spend a day with these Amen. kids who, are, who, who got the biggest smiles on their face while they're battling cancer. They're battling, you know, all these mm -hmm. issues. And, and they just want to be happy. And you see the parents <laughs> doing everything they can do to hold it together. And I really started asking uh, others around the house, how else can I help? How else can I be a part of this? Mm -hmm. uh, so the tile shop started doing volunteer events where we went there and we cook three to 600 meals in one setting because yeah. we don't want those parents to have to worry about a thing. Ronald McDonald's right. is totally nonprofit. They, you bring your kid there, you're not paying a dime. That's and awesome. you're housed and all the meals are ready and cooked for you so the parents can focus on their children and that's what it needs to be to heal. You know, we call it the house of love. Yeah. Right? It's the house that love built is what we say. And um, it's been a great partnership, and last year they asked me if I would like to join their board of directors, and I said, without a doubt, where can I help? Nice. Where can I get That's in? That's cool, and, man. And we're, we just opened um, Ronald McDonald House Northland up in Duluth. Last, about two months ago, we went live. So we now have a, a, a home up there for, for kids. Is and, that the and first families. one in Duluth? First one in Duluth. Awesome, and man. So That's really cool. We've gotten to expand. We have Essentia Health, who's a great partner who uh, put a lot of lot of money and effort into helping us get this space. Um, it's beautiful. Obviously, we took care of the tile. Slumberland's yeah. a great partner. They took care of all the furnishings. 
and now families don't have to drive all the way down here. Yeah. Right. They, they, Man, they that's really huge. they can be there right right across the street from the hospital, so yeah. that so the kids can go there or they can stay there to go visit their children. Wonderful. Check awesome. out rmhc.com and, and look out how you, look look where you can uh, if you're interested how yeah, you can absolutely. get back. It's it's an awesome cause. Wonderful. What was that again, Kev? Can you say that one more um, time? Uh, rmhc.com. Rmhc.com. Yep. Got okay. it. Uh, okay. Ronald McDonald House Charities. It's, it's tough when we go through. You know, you go through the hectic busyness of a day as just a normal human being. It's pretty easy to think that you have a lot of big problems, and we're all so really blessed. Yeah. We all really, truly are. So, yes. so yes. thanks. We needed that reminder. Good. We Good. always yeah, do. Absolutely. We always do. So, Good. awesome. Thank you, Cabby. Thanks for coming today, and yeah. we'll be back in just a minute. Awesome. Thanks. Twin Cities on the move. We're back with episode 25 coming from sunny St. Paul, Minnesota here at Stack Deck Brewing. I know it's a little cloudy and a little drippy, but sunny St. Paul just sounds better. It's always yeah, sunny sure. at Stack Deck. For that's sure. Right. You know, we are the podcast that insurance has brought you for the last couple of years. Tina Huin Chandy of Country Financial is a wonderful insurance person. Also, myinsurancewarehouse.com. Thank you to both of our sponsors. And thank you to Stack Jet Deck. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Salud. Cheers. Welcome Thanks, to Stack guys. Deck. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, amigo. So uh, we're here with uh, Chris Swirls and Lacey Thiessen, both of Stack Deck. And what a wonderful place. How long have you guys been downtown here? Well, thank you. Um, we have been here for just over two years. Okay. Um, it was uh, it, the, the thought process was in the works for about 10 years. They finally really? were able to... Uh, move stuff out of the garage and get stuff uh, okay. rolling in this space just over two years ago. Okay, so. and you know, we don't need to beat a dead horse, but I know your timing you think was just perfect, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well. So, well, congratulate. Hey, yeah. you survived. You survived yeah. it. Yeah. And congratulations on doing it. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, it's fun to be. We're here on a Friday afternoon, and you know, the places, there's people here. They're laughing, they're having fun, they're you know enjoying each other so it's fun to see it's fun to see people out and i'm glad they're coming down to your place that's for sure yeah, yeah. And i think i think that's that's the whole essence of like our our company is trying to you know bring people together having a good time over a beer do you have any summer things planned do you have anything in the works you know, uh, nothing specifically okay. um, for any of the events. We're just ready for people to come back down to St. Paul. Um, we're ready to show you kind of some of our new uh, beer series that oh, um, we've come out with since, um, you know, some of the shutdowns and stuff. Um, we are just ready to, you know, make a make a new beer drinker out of anyone who is willing anyone to walk by in and the door, talk, huh? <laughs> talk beer with us. So, um, can you let any of the cats out of the bag about what the new? Do you have some new stuff oh coming man. out, or are you not allowed to? No, say it we could, yeah, we got. Well, as you probably have seen, our our um, labels are are, are pretty um, eclectic. I they're so fun, and they're great. Yeah. And uh, we have a great designer who does a lot of the uh, DC and Marvel comic books. So we get a lot of um, pop culture references, you know, and I think that relates to a lot of people. So like, oh, I've seen that, you know, especially with Week and Larry's and even our newest one, the, uh, the Nicholas the, Cage. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, that's like, awesome. I do not like Cage Nicholas Cage. Rage. Yeah. yeah that's so awesome. people, people, you know, gravitate towards the labels. Then um, oh. a lot of people actually just get the beers 
well, initially would get the beers for the labels, but then I'm like, damn, this is pretty good. It's beer. good beer. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's really it's good. good. And, and then they, good they look forward. They look forward to the next series or the for next sure. label. Yeah. So yeah. that has definitely helped us out quite a bit. I would have to say. Oh, it's always fun, man. Yeah. It's in, and you know, I not just, I think you guys are. I give you guys an A plus, but it's always so fun to see all these different breweries and their mm-hmm. their artwork is it's, it's over a, the top. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, an it's art so in itself. neat. Yeah. yeah. Weekend at Larry's has been our flagship for about two years now, mm-hmm. and it is. Wow. With all the different um, New England IPAs and hazy IPAs that have come out, that one has mm-hmm. definitely stood the test it's, of time. It's and very we're from, pretty proud of that one. Well, from a guy that's kind of turned into an IPA snob, to right. be I never thought I'd say that about myself, but <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. It's really good, man. Yeah. Congratulations. You Thank guys you. have outdone yourself for sure. For Can sure. I ask about the brewery process? I mean, how, how did you guys even know how to start or where to start? Do you have like a master brewer or do you have some kind of a... Yeah. How does the you process know, itself work? So we started off with a lot of traditional styles just to hone in our skills. Um, the traditional styles definitely have like a much uh, more acute skew that they have to, you know, fall into. There's a lot less to hide behind, um, stuff like that. So we kind of honed in our traditional styles first got really comfortable with that and then started doing a lot more experimental stuff. With the shutdown of the tap room, the more experimental stuff sells better in distribution. Okay. So we, you know, we were we were definitely yeah. um, well on our way to doing, you know, more of the uh, hazies and the um, infusions and the uh, stouts that have adjuncts in them and, and stuff like that um, and, and trying to balance out those flavors and um, and it's just, yeah, it's really progressed into something that the market is definitely supporting right now, um, as well as, you know, once summer comes around and the, yeah. the weather gets nicer, you know, you're still going to have people that yeah. are asking for that Pilsner oh, that, we, that we already, like, have a really, really good recipe for. And I also, so, also think, and I also think that once, especially being a local brewery, if there's a connection or... or you know, you appreciate the beer and kind of there's a backstory. Like, you want to support the local brewery. You oh, know, you want, there's, there's, yes. there's, you know, this this almost like communal kind of family uh, dynamic going on that we're not fighting against each other. We're, you know, we're trying to, you know, spread the love. Yeah, you know, spread nice. the beer. Nice. And, you know, there's, I've never had, and just in, in working sales, like, I've never had, you know, any kind of, you know, derogatory kind of elements to any other other breweries it's just been like hey man what are you doing what wow that's great this is awesome you know there's no we, beer wars there's no beer wars. no it seems like a brotherhood oh my gosh cool. it, it is. really really is yeah, yeah. That's neat. it's it's definitely we all do better if we cool. all do better right yeah, now yeah, like everyone yeah, yeah. is working for this common cause and we help each other out and we answer questions and we share supplies and we it's it's really yeah. it's really unlike anything else I've ever and you want been involved succeed, in because if they succeed then, we'll then you succeed. will too yeah. then yeah. you will too yeah. yeah no and that's such a fun to me that's the ultimate business model yeah. really yeah, yeah. yeah and of it's course. just great and it's they all know each great. other the brewers yeah. know each other so they're all, sure. they're on their little weird brewer world trying to you know do different things <laughs> well, I'm sure it's a so small yeah, world yeah. Yeah. like mad yeah. scientists it is it is a weird world for sure that's neat. Yeah, that's, that's neat, cool. man. That's cool. So, yeah, no, well, I love it, and I look forward to coming back. And listen, if anybody that's listening, if you're coming to downtown St. Paul for anything, for any event, whether it's a concert, a hockey game, you come see, you know, Joel's favorite guy is Dollar Dollar Bill Kirill. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. He can't, he can't wait to watch him. So come on down and see him. 
Stop by Stack Deck. Also, the Saints are going to be going all. You have yeah. many, many reasons to come on down here. So right on Cedar Street, uh, downtown St. Paul, Stack Deck Brewing. And thank you again for having well, us, you guys. Thank you, and guys. This is awesome. Yeah, well, it was a fun happy hour podcast, that's for sure. Um, Twin Cities on the move. Once again, the, the podcast brought to you by insurance. Uh, Tina Huynh Chandy and myinsurancewarehouse.com. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. See you guys. Thanks again. This has been Twin Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast. Paul St. Andrew and Justin Sheeler are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. You can find Paul online at minnesotahomesales.com and Justin at justinsheeler.com with Sheeler spelled S-C-H-E-E-L-E-R. Joel Benson is a mortgage professional with Cardinal Financial Company. You can find them online at cardinalfinancial.com. Cardinal Financial Company, NMLS 66247, is an equal housing opportunity lender and is not affiliated with REMAX results. Joel Benson's NMLS ID is 1064642. This show was produced by Minnesota Podcasting and recorded in their St. Paul studios. And they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of REMAX Results, Cardinal Financial Company, or Minnesota Podcasting. Thank you.